0: Some good news too. We get in the macro markets, of course. Uh, inflation a little bit lower than expected this month. Maybe Actually a bit of a silver lining. <laughs> hey, yeah. it's only it's only seven point nine percent. Only seven point nine percent.
1: All
0: right. Bangladesh, Nation, happy second Friday happy. of November. Maybe I should have said unhappy, David. Uh, I see you've got the the Wojak meme. Yeah, sad boy. To bring your face. You're feeling boy. pretty sad today. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a good week. It's been a rough week in crypto. Um, probably the worst I've seen yeah. in terms of sentiment, in terms of feeling. Um, walking into this roll-up, I mean, how many live
1: streams have we been doing over the last few days? Uh, three, one four? one per day since Tuesday. So this will be number three. Yeah. Well, this I, isn't a live stream, but still, same. Feels you, the same.
0: You and I were up late last night with uh, Kobe and Ledger. Oh, yeah. Up oh, only. So having forth. Yeah, this is number four. session. Yep. I mean, but there's just so much to cover, so much to talk about, and the way this event has unfolded. Um, for those of you not, not familiar, of course, uh, we're talking about FTX, SBF, how SBF, Sam bankman fried wrecked this for everyone. I mean, he really screwed us over. And um, we're going to talk about how we feel about that, uh, What's what's been happening since, I guess, yesterday, I'll give you the summary of what's happened this week, and uh, talk about picking up the pieces. I guess grab your morning coffee or maybe something a little stronger. Yeah. If you need it today, put some Bailey's in that coffee. Did you (laughs) (laughs) hear? Are you a Bailey's plus coffee? No, you, Hey, you told me if you put anything in your coffee, it becomes a beverage. Yo, you you take it. The people need a beverage this, this (laughs) this week, (laughs) this Friday. David makes exception for Bailey's. Um, we're gonna talk about that um that's gonna be a big big subject i think get you guys up to speed and uh even a lot's happened since the last time we live streamed got off yeah. the live stream at like 1 a.m last night um also we are one year anniversary from all-time highs isn't that ironic all-time hooray highs in the like crypto are we supposed market. to be happy about that too How far are we down from all time highs? I mean, 76
1: percent. Crypto market cap is down 76 percent from 365 days ago. So congrats. Uh, It Uh, it is worth noting that it's about one year of time from the 2017 top to the 2018 bottom. That was also about one year. Uh, And then we had a two year bear market where we touched that same bottom two more times. Uh, And then it was DeFi summer. Some good news too. We get in the
0: macro markets, of course, uh inflation. A little bit lower than expected this month. Maybe Actually a bit of a silver lining. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's only it's only 7.9%. Only 7.9%. Like all
1: right. <laughs> happy
0: happy days. Okay. Uh guys, of course, if you enjoy the roll-ups, if you enjoy the work that David and I put into the podcast everyone behind the scenes making this happen, uh make sure you like and subscribe rate and review that's how we get the top of the
1: charts that's how, um, how you get me the dopamine hits to keep on doing <laughs> this <laughs> Which I could because use. weeks like this it's kind of hard it's, it's rough it was a it, rough week i mean
0: just we'll, we'll get into more of that later but uh but first some good news from our friends and sponsors at earnify if you're feeling down why don't you plug in your wallet your crypto wallet your theorem address, the space where you can maybe find some unclaimed airdrops. I had a friend um, last week text me and be like, oh, I I listened to that, Earnify. I plugged some of my dresses in and I walked away with 3K.
1: Oh, he got some dopamine? Good. Yeah. Good. It's a little dopamine Not just
0: dopamine, David. Money. I mean, this is cold, hard cash. Yeah. At the end of this what does earnify do
1: yeah earnify uh takes your ethereum address and then it scans the whole library of airdrops po apps nft mints that you may or may have not gotten uh and so it's just like the, the it's a little robot to make sure that it it goes and checks all of your pants pockets for the 20 dollars bill that you left in your pants pockets <laughs> but airdrops <laughs> tend to be worth a lot more than twenty dollars uh so all you have to do uh, it's free to use, but you can sign up to get uh, some, some extra perks and privileges. Uh, it's free to use. You can just put in your Ethereum address and uh, it will go scan the blockchain to make sure that you haven't left any money in any corner of Ethereum or any yeah. other blockchain for that matter. Good
0: to go find your money right now on a week, week like this. Uh, go to bankless.cc slash earnify. That's E-A-R-N-I-F-I to find out more about that. All right, David,
1: let's get into the markets. Deep breath. You ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bitcoin. What's it looking like? Bitcoin started the week at $20,275, down 14.5%. Congrats, Bitcoin, for setting a new low for the year, a new low in this bear market. Uh, we've ticked the bottom at $15,513. Uh, we are currently at $17,300. Uh, so hit a low of $15,500, the new low for the year. Uh, but back up to seventeen thousand three hundred.
0: David, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sure we'd ever see fifteen k Bitcoin, but now, uh, yeah. um, now, now ten k Bitcoin and under is in sight, right? I mean, we're like fifty percent off of that. And what's crazy is this is uh, three hundred sixty five days of of down, right? <laughs> to the day, yeah. Well, Give tomorrow will
1: we'll be three hundred sixty six. Uh, but yeah, we are at the one year anniversary of the Bitcoin all time high, uh, where we high was sixty nine thousand. Nice uh forty four dollars for Bitcoin, uh down about seventy four percent from the all time high. Pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean I've seen worse though. I've seen worse. <laughs> <In> pre- <laughs> I've seen so, worse.
0: I mean uh last cycle what did Bitcoin get down to eighty three percent from all time high, eighty five percent, something yeah. like this. Of mm-hmm. course uh Ether got to ninety four percent all time high. Speaking of Ether,
1: what's that mm-hmm. looking like on the week? Started the week at 15, uh, 1550, uh, down 17.8% to where it is currently at 1270. Uh, it got up to as high as like 1330 earlier, but down to 1270 right now, so down 18% on the week. And uh, what's this chart showing us here? Yes, uh, the, the ratio. We are down 0.076, where we were last week, to 0.073. Uh, again, for what it is, you know, if it was last cycle, Ether would be wrecked during a week like this. It's holding up OK. So it's holding
0: up yet. okay. Ratio's holding up okay, but down, down, yeah. bad. So fourteen percent mm-hmm. for um, Bitcoin, and then eighteen percent, eighteen percent for Ether. I'm um, pretty crazy. How about the crypto market cap as a whole? Hit a that. new
1: low of eight hundred and thirty billion dollar total market cap. We are bounced back a little bit to nine hundred and ten billion dollars. That lower than expected uh, CPI print uh, has saved us a little bit. Um, created a little bit, a little bottom. Um, Uh, a bottom uh how about crypto punks you wanted to put
0: some nft news in here and there was a flippening that happened it wasn't the eth bitcoin flippening but it was a nft flippening yeah i
1: am a biased punk holder so take that with a grain of salt but (laughs) punks are now once again above apes uh so the og nft now has a higher floor price than the apes uh one ape a floor ape will cost you about 60 eth a floor punk will cost you about 66 eth
0: just a stronger holder community. Is, is that what's happening? Perhaps, Basically, yeah. it's kind of the, you know, the, the tourists leave, the settlers stay, yeah. people with less conviction on other assets. I mean, punks are an older uh, project as well. They are, they are the
1: the oldest NFT project. They are the OG. They are the Bitcoin of NFTs. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So that is like the NFT of last resort, I guess, for this, yeah. uh, for this entire market. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting to see. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the economy. Well, we we're talking about, and then we'll get to crypto, but um, inflation has officially dropped to 7.7%. Dropped to 77 <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and we're happy about that. And the reason why we're happy is because last month it was 8.2%, hmm. and it came in a little bit lower than expectations. I think uh, 0.2% below expectations. So you can see the chart here. This is like all the way from 1965 to 2023. And so you could say maybe we've peaked it's kind of looking like maybe we peaked sometime this summer from an inflation perspective and we're on our way down and i guess that would make sense because we're gonna get to more things later but there's layoffs it's um Mm -hmm. like the economy is turning interest rates of course have been hiked right up how could inflation continue to rise if we are spinning towards recession it really it really can't unless we get some some situation like stagflation, which should be even worse. So this is an expected drop. Maybe, maybe the good news is uh, the Fed starts to relent on their uh, policy, the good news at least for markets. And uh, what are we looking at here, David?
1: Yeah, this is the SPY. So SPY jumped four and a half percent on this news. Uh, so the index, the SPY index goes from 374 to 390, up four and a half percent because of the drop in inflation. So market's happy. Market's happy. I'm kind of worried about the whiplash of uh, CPI. Like what happens if CPI just like plummets to zero uh, <laughs> while we're laying off people? Uh, that would be called a deflation, uh, which, I mean, we like it in Ether, but we don't like it in the dollar. Uh, That's what I'm worried about. But still, uh, inflation coming down is good. Well, we've
0: we've got a long ways to go. I mean, I think the Fed is hopeful it can get to like the three to four percent range uh, if that's even possible. But Mm -hmm. the markets like that risk on
1: assets up on that news. And so is crypto, although it (laughs) had a much worse week. After after being down bigly, we had the positive CPI print. Uh, Well the lower CPI print which was positive news and then the markets including the crypto markets did like that but (laughs) I mean FTX collapse, uh, inflation half a percent lower Band-aid than expected. on a bullet wound. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh-huh. it's not helping us much this week. No. Uh, let's just touch on the elections. Yeah, uh, let's, while we're let's, here let's too. not
1: talk about crypto as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> let's punt on that uh, conversation. This
0: has turned into a political podcast. The <laughs> yeah. Election results for 2022 uh, Senate. So the um, it's still undecided. I get mm-hmm. the, this is the U.S. Uh, election, of course. Uh, still undecided. Election results. Um, majority is unknown. Apparently, each party needs to win um, two of three more races that are still in dispute. Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. The runoff will actually happen in December, so we mm-hmm. won't know who controls the, the Senate until then. Uh, also in the House, um, Republicans gained six seats. Democrats lost seven. Um, that was expected, but actually, is, I think it's kind of expected the Republicans would there'd be some kind of a, a red, red wave, wave yes yeah. which
1: has not materialized which is just the news that i've heard
0: yes has not has not materialized but um yeah i mean it's kind of still the way it was before almost right. i mean no real changes we'll see who controls the senate uh past which, December.
1: but no change is considered an l for the republicans they wanted they wanted the red wave they didn't get it uh, so the same is uh, a loss for the republicans that's what i've heard What's interesting about this is
0: uh, crypto had a role to play, uh, a minor role, of course. But if you add up the numbers, about according to the Wall Street Journal, seventy three million dollars went into the twenty twenty two elections from crypto. I think SBF was like seventy million of that.
1: Oh, sick! So it was a lot. He was
0: a lot, which right we'll get we'll get to uh, a little bit later. What does this mean for crypto? Is the question election results and the answer I think David is what. Probably nothing. Probably
1: probably nothing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think this impacts it. I think the SBF events of this week and FTX meltdown of this week impact crypto in a big way, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, David, it's also layoff season. What headline yeah. are we looking at?
1: Yeah. So Silicon Valley kind of down bad. Meta. The face, uh, parent company of Facebook laying off more than eleven thousand employees, uh, but they are not the only one. Uh, Silicon Valley overall has lay, uh, got a collective layoffs of tens of thousands. So Twitter laid off three three thousand seven hundred people. I don't know if that was like economics related or Elon Musk related. Definitely Elon Musk related.
0: Definitely Musk related, and that's fifty percent of the work workforce, right?
1: Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, that's... a combo, but. <laughs> lots of musk in that stripe laid off a thousand people robin hood laid off a thousand people Lyft laid off 700 people open door 550 netflix 450 uh it it goes on uh yeah so collectively like tens of thousands of people laid off across the tech sector in just the bay area just just san francisco
0: that's that's, uh crazy i mean tech just really expanded uh during Mm -hmm. covid over the past two years and now they're they're completely contracting yep
1: um, it's starting to happen Going in crypto in time, a little bit too, yeah. David. Yeah, Dapper uh, Labs cutting twenty two percent of staff um, because NFT markets <laughs> not not great, not great. Yeah, um, when's yeah. the last time you heard about NBA Top Shot? Oh I have not. Uh the the headline here says sales volumes for Dapper Labs NBA Top Shot has declined to $2.6 million from 20 or from $224 million uh in February of 2021. Uh that is a 99% reduction in revenue. Wow. That's that's bad. That's bad. Uh
0: yeah, that's very bad. I mean that 22% might uh might ratchet up throughout all of this. Um, you know, one thing, the last time I think I've heard of, of NBA Top Shots in the context of people actually starting their crypto journey through NBA Top Shots, yeah. uh, they no longer do it. They no longer, maybe they have some, right. some old NFTs from NBA. Yeah, but, they got into
1: the harder stuff. It brought a lot of
0: people into crypto. <laughs> right. Brought a lot of people, like I talked to Ethereum window, and DeFi. Yeah. It's like, uh, when I talk to them, I'm like, oh, so how, what brought you into crypto? And so you're going to laugh at this. NBA Top Shots. Uh, that was the thing. I guess let's try to look for some bright spots here. And um, the big bright spot, maybe the only this week, I mean, there are some other things that are positive that have gone on, but um, is uh, is Ethereum mm-hmm. and the, the, the burn rate. I mean, it sucks that this was the week that Ethereum finally went ultrasound because that was a milestone we had planned to mm-hmm. actually celebrate. I mean, the very beginning of the... Uh, when was the Justin Drake episode? Almost like two years ago now? Uh,
1: not almost a year and a half ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. A year
0: and a half ago uh, where he coined the phrase on Bankless podcast, ultrasound money, mm-hmm. um, to describe Ethereum's monetary policy. And uh, this is the week it actually went ultrasound, at least ultrasound since the merge. What are we looking at here, David?
1: Yeah, this is uh, of course the ultrasound.money website. Uh, supply change since the merge -5400 ether. Ryan, we have burned about 6000 ish ether, maybe maybe 7000 in the last 2 3 days. 6000 ether burnt in the last 3 days, bringing us a -5400 ether. And like the this is the, the through line the message here I want to convey is that this is an anti-fra- anti-fragile mechanism. Crypto broke this week. Liquidation's happened, prices go down, FTX is insolvent, and all of that volatility creates the Ether burn. And that Ether burn overall makes Ethereum more secure. And so the why this is like, uh, if, the, if you're anti maxi, you're like, oh, these people are just like circle jerking about the burn like they always do maybe, Uh, I I am here to say that this is, while there is chaos, at least ether becomes more anti-fragile because its security gets cheaper as we burn ether. And so while there's destruction everywhere, at least Ethereum is a little bit more anti-fragile and that is because of the burn. And we are now, since the merge, negative 0.03% on yearly issuance and we continue to decline. So this is the, bright, the one bright shining star that I have that's making me a little bit happy this week, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that's a big one in the, in the context of crypto, right? Um, mm-hmm. Ethereum performed very well this week. I know you're talking in some of the streams you did earlier this week about this, the sense that um, for a lot of people who are in kind of the, the Ethereum bankless DeFi um, mm-hmm. world and didn't keep their money in kind of the, the SAM coins, as Kobe right. calls them, you know, the FTXs of the world, but also in or the uh, Solanas and some of these other assets uh, and uh, in FTX. I, like, I felt somewhat like unaffected personally mm-hmm. by this, right? Of course, crypto prices are down, but we've already seen lower crypto prices right. even, even over the summer, even recently. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it, was, it was sort of weird to feel like another case of uh, the DeFi Ethereum community. We're not insulated from this because obviously FTX is an we're down fifteen percent in prices on the week. Yeah. yeah, massive down, and this is terrible for everyone. Yet not as drastically affected as those that were maybe a little closer to the to the FTX community, for for instance, right. who right. can't withdraw their money at mm-hmm. this point in time. And certainly our, our hearts go out to people who who've uh, gotten wrecked in that way. But it sort of reminds me of uh, of Luna and Terra as well. Right. It's just like I wasn't personally affected by that yep. because uh fortunately we were able to stay away from that right. catastrophe completely there are some things that smelled bad about that
1: right okay. there's like there's this core of crypto that has a ton of activity it's uniswap it's ave it's Maker, it's Compound, it's a few other applications too. Uh, And being like a power user of those applications while not having an FTX account, never touching Terra Luna, like if you have been in OG DeFi 1.0 Ethereum applications, you have been in this like tiny little like bubble of protection while it seems the whole rest of the industry has just like blown up around you. Uh, That's kind of how it's felt like for me lately
0: yeah it totally is like that scene of like somebody leaving an explosion and there's like you know uh, everything behind them is blowing up and there's fire and mortars going
1: off bullets whizzing by and And like if you're if you're just tinkering with just ave uniswap uh you know some layer twos you're you're fine
0: i i I do think look i i don't want to discount the the role luck plays into all of that because look one of these one of these smart contracts something could happen in ethereum at any point in time what do we always say um if this is risky, it's not for everyone, you could lose everything. And yet, I think some of the bankless principles have held up pretty well through the storm that is 2022. Right? Even just the idea of going bankless, mm-hmm. the idea of making sure that you don't have funds on a public exchange, that you're taking custody of your own keys. Right? That thing would have saved people from Voyager, from Celsius, and even from FTX. Uh, and that's what we're going to get into next because FTX was the bank, the crypto bank that people thought was secure. People thought was safe. Honestly, I did. I, I thought it was fine. I did I too. Thought it was, I if thought someone it was asked me, here's yeah. the test, right? If someone asked you, Hey David, I'm thinking of getting into crypto Coinbase, FTX. You think one's riskier than the other. Like I know you have mm-hmm. a preference, but is FTX okay? What would you
1: say? I, I would say, yeah. I think I've been asked this question before and I think I've said, yeah, Coinbase, FTX, they're fine.
0: So bye. It was definitely not fine. Yep, uh, guys, not fine. we're going to be right back with that. The story of SBF and FTX, the final day, the judgment day, I guess, where all of this has come to light. We'll be right back. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible.
1: The Layer 2 era is upon us. Ethereum's Layer 2 ecosystem is growing every day, and we need Layer 2 bridges to be fast and efficient in order to live a Layer 2 life. Across is the fastest, cheapest, and most secure cross-chain bridge. With Across, you don't have to worry about high fees or long wait times. Assets are bridged and available for use almost instantaneously. Across's bridges are powered by UMA's optimistic oracle to securely transfer tokens between Layer 2s and Ethereum. Across its critical ecosystem infrastructure, and Across V2 has just launched. Their new version focuses on higher capital efficiency, layer two to layer two transfers, and a brand new chain with Polygon, all while prioritizing high security and low fees. You can be a part of Across's story by joining their discord and using Across for all of your layer two transferring needs. So go to across.to to quickly and securely bridge your assets between Ethereum, Optimism, Polygon, Arbitrum, or Boba networks. Nexo is your financial hub for all your crypto needs. Nexo lets you buy crypto instantly with your credit or debit card or via bank transfer. And they also have an awesome advanced trading platform, Nexo Pro, where you can get the best possible prices and trade with 50% discount on fees. And Nexo also lets you earn interest on your crypto in Bitcoin, ETH, or other assets. And they also give you an instant crypto line of credit with as low as 0% APR. And they also give you access to a crypto-backed MasterCard, of course, earning you more crypto when you use it. So enhance your financial life with Nexo, who ensures all credit lines are over collateralized with insurance on all custodial assets. Nexo, the right place for your crypto. So click the link in the show notes to join over 5 million users who are getting the most out of their crypto. The downfall of FTX,
0: Sam Bankman-Fried, the owner of FTX, irresponsible with depositors money, that is the story, brought total wreckage the crypto industry this week david uh could you just give us a quick recap of what happened i know we have episodes about this already if people want the full story but Mm -hmm. what's the the 92nd version
1: 92nd version Uh, sbf rose to fame through this trading fund called alameda research which he is i believe like the 90 percent owner over um, uh, Alameda at research just would trade in, in crypto, do a lot of uh, positions like hedge fund, like hedge trading, all this stuff, made a ton of money. Uh, he, he was a great trader. Uh, and that's where SBF made a lot of his initial money. Uh, and that's where Alameda grew a lot of its capital. Uh, and then he slowly passed off responsibility to others. Meanwhile, he makes FTX Exchange. Uh, seemingly, Sam Bankman-Fried is a great builder, great operator. Uh, FTX, the exchange, rose to fame uh, when, in a time where no one really thought it was possible to make another exchange. FTX just made a great product. A good exchange, good services, good financial tools. Everyone seemed to be really impressed by Sam. And Sam, as a figure, grew in prominence for these two massive successes. Um, He slowly passed off all of his responsibility uh, uh, of Alameda Research to somebody else, a team of people, and totally focused and doubled down on the FTX empire, which grew in a crazy fashion. There was always this uh, loose association between Alameda Research and FTX, uh, where Alameda would market make on the FTX exchange, making FTX extremely liquid and a great place to just have liquidity uh, beyond just the basics. And so uh, there were the symbiosis between Alameda Research and FTX uh, helped FTX rise in, in fame. Uh, we saw FTX buy naming rights for the Miami Heat Stadium. We saw FTX like, sign deals with uh, like Tom Brady. Uh, and in just like a huge success story out of twenty twenty one, and you know, raise billions of dollars in capital. Um, then a report out of CoinDesk from a leaked financial document about Alameda's balance sheet reported that a lot of Alameda's balance sheet, all basically all their assets were the uh, FTX FTX exchanges token FTT, and it had a ton of FTT as collateral backing a bunch of loans. Uh, and so Alameda had loans that were backed by FTT. It was in a precarious position, and that alerted CZ. And now, Binance was an early investor in FTX. CZ, of uh,
0: course, is the co-founder of, of Binance, the yes. a different kind of exchange empire that he's built, and the rival much to bigger SPF. exchange empire. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so, Binance invested in FTX equity, and as a result, they had two point one billion dollars of FTT. And CZ says, due to recent revelations that have come to light, we have decided to liquidate any remaining FTT on our books. This is largely a result of the precarious nature of FTT because it was such strong, uh, it was a huge position of Alameda's books. It was basically all of uh, Alameda's assets were basically FTT tokens. People were like, how did, how did Alameda have such, uh, I thought they were trading like Bitcoin and Ether. Why are so much of their assets all denominated in FTT? That was a big question mark. Uh, and so CZ was like, okay, that's, that's not good. Uh, we're going to start selling our FTT because of this precarious nature, uh, which starts uh, to first plummet the price of FTT, scaring Alameda, but then also trigger fears that there is some sort of contagion between Alameda and FTX, because people always knew that there was a link between these two firms from SBF, and these were loosely uh, correlated somehow, Uh, and people were worried that somehow um, there was going to be a run on the bank on FTX because of the shared asset, the shared balance books between FTX and Alameda, which was hypothesized. Uh, that turned out, Ryan, to be true, the, that uh, there was co-mingling of assets between Alameda and FTX. Uh, and so moving forward in the story, the next morning, after CC said he's going to dump all this FTT, uh, a uh, FTX appeared to stop processing user withdrawals. So they ran out of money. Uh, and that's basically where it was revealed that uh, FTX was insolvent. How insolvent was FTX? We didn't really know at the time. We still don't know, but we initially hypothesized something like one to five billion dollars of insolvency, which is already a big hole. Uh, it's now coming to be somewhere around in the eight to 10 billion dollars. That is missing from the ftx balance sheet which is largely coming out of user deposits um so so what we're talking
0: about is we've got a somebody who operated an exchange and a hedge fund and right in order to bolster the books of the hedge fund he used depositors money in the exchange to basically Mm -hmm. to basically do that he gambled away depositors money in the exchange i mean that would be a Super simple explanation right. of what happened and so now there's but a also hole.
1: it's important to know that Alameda probably Was wrecked along with everyone else during the three arrows capital contagion back in May Yes, the reason why they weren't is because they had this relationship with FTX And so they were able to have to not be wrecked because they FTX sent them a bailout a secret under-the-table bailout well, but, uh, and it and it was a, it was a bailout of depo- with like backed by Depositors' funds, whatever money that they had, including depositors' funds, yeah, absolutely
0: insane. I mean, yeah. it, it, before he said on our podcast is like, you go to a bank, you go to exchange, right? Um, you deposit your funds. It's not theirs to go like play with and gamble mm-hmm. with and use in their side hedge fund. It's it's supposed to stay there, right. so it's that when to. when the yeah. user comes back and says, okay, now I'd like to withdraw my funds. Those funds can just be withdrawn. And so the balance sheet should be very simple. Deposits yep. and withdrawals. Internet. Deposits and withdrawals. All user, user funds are deposited and then withdrawn. Uh, and uh, that completely broke. And so uh, I guess, you know, one of my takes about all of this is because um, we're still seeing what the fallout might be yep. in crypto. And um, it's absolutely massive. I think this is the big, biggest single event that's occurred in crypto maybe since mount gox in some ways it sort of exceeded this because uh this is somebody who is supposed to be trusted trust in wall street right. sort of somebody he was in lobbying in dc he
1: represented us
0: he had the ears of senators and and uh folks in congress uh he represented us as kind of like the the, the cleaned up version of crypto mm-hmm. without all of the the crypto anarchist shenanigans uh, yes. I mean, he kind of didn't for the different mystique, but yes, he would wear a tie. In fact, we've, we've seen him in front of Congress uh, right. kind of like talking about crypto. Anyway, all of this just really sunk in with me last night. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this was yesterday evening. And I was just thinking, David, like how surreal the last 48 hours had been as this story right. has, has developed. Because like, I just, I don't know how to overstate how big a figure sam was like crypto trading god exchange god like rock of um i don't know um how how to how to last and how to persist and how to do things right in crypto it just his exchange he built was just a phenomenal product yeah except which is sad because that product's gone now and what's crazy to me is uh as of yesterday it was 11 days ago Mm -hmm. that we hosted this debate between, between, between
1: SBF and Eric Sam Voorhees. Sam Bankman-Fried
0: yeah. and Eric Voorhees. And uh, you remember that? This is a screenshot from, from that debate. And yeah. Sam was lecturing us and talking to us about the merits of crypto regulation. We were having this debate about crypto values. And in the background, David, this guy mm. had maybe an 8 to $10 billion hole that was developing right. on his balance sheet. He was talking about crypto values and discussing the merits and and costs of like DeFi, talking about ways to regulate DeFi front ends. Meanwhile, he's like playing with depositor money. He's gambling it away. He's been, it's got to be the most irresponsible figure that's done the most damage to crypto that I've ever seen, that, that this industry has ever seen. And this was 11 days ago. Yeah. We were having a conversation with this guy. I don't yeah. understand. Like, I, it's even hard for me to believe that um, we
1: had this conversation. Like, you were there, right? Like, this happened. <laughs> he was so frazzled. He was more frazzled and inarticulate than I had ever seen him before. Like, I've seen him give his talks at Capitol Hill, and he's like decently articulate. That call. He was a different person, uh, and it's, it's just interesting that 11 days later, we discover an $8 billion, $10 billion hole in FTX.
0: Well, let's talk about what's developed, and this is as of uh, So, yeah, that was Thursday all of the morning. recap. Yeah, yeah, that was just the yeah. recap. Uh, yeah. This is the apology that's just yep. come out. Um, this is a tweet thread from SBF. Do you want to read mm-hmm. a few of
1: these? Yeah, SBF goes, I'm sorry, that's the biggest thing. I effed up and should have done better. I also should have been communicating more very recently. Transparency, my hands were tied during the duration of the possible Binance deal. I wasn't particularly allowed to say much publicly, but of course it's on me that we ended up there in the first place. So here is an update on where things are. FTX International currently has a total market value of assets at collateral higher than client deposits, moves with prices. But that's different from liquidity for delivery. As you can tell from the state of withdrawals, the liquidity varies widely from very little from very to very little. What does that mean here? He's saying that the He has he's saying that the value of the assets and collateral that FTX has is sig- more is, sig- is higher than what their client deposits are. Based on what?
0: Like what's the value of these assets
1: if you actually this can't tweet, sell them and yeah. no one will buy them? Yeah, but he's saying that that's different from liquidity. So they yeah. have the assets, but they don't have them liquid. They have some paper uh, value is what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, paper value, yeah. SPF continues, it goes, the story here is one I'm still fleshing out uh, every detail of, but... At a very high level, I effed up twice. The first time, a poor internal labeling of bank-related accounts meant that I was substantially off from my sense of user's margin. I thought it was way lower. My sense before, leverage, zero. U.S. liquidity ready to deliver, 24 times the average daily withdrawal. Actual, 1.7 times leverage, and liquidity, 180% of Sunday's worth of withdrawals. But of course, when it rains, it pours. We saw roughly five billion dollars of withdrawals on Sunday, the largest by a huge margin. That was the thing that uh, CZ triggered. He,
0: he basically precipitated a bank run. Yes. With some of these things, and right. and that that's what he's talking about. Uh, the five billion of withdrawals on just one right. day alone, uh, right. alone.
1: Right. Uh, And so uh, SPS says, and I saw I was off twice, which tells me a lot of things, both specifically and generally that I was shit at. And a third time, I'm not communicating enough. Uh, uh, And just a reminder, a third time, I'm not communicating enough. I should have said more. I'm sorry. I was slammed with things to do and didn't give you updates uh, at all. David, Uh,
0: why would a bank run actually matter if like, I mean, if Coinbase got a bank run and everyone withdrew all of their ETH and all of their Bitcoin, right? Like, why would that be a problem? Because all of the ETH and all of the Bitcoin is there. It's not a fractional reserve system. Like, uh, it, it, should, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a system. problem.
1: It shouldn't be a fractional <laughs> reserve <laughs> system. It was a fractional reserve system. Very fractional. Yeah. Uh, and and like the the whole like line, his whole tweet, like uh, mislabeled bank accounts, clerical error. That that caused an eight billion dollar hole. <laughs> Like, that's what did it? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, anyways, uh, so he, he finishes off. Anyways, my uh, my number one priority by far is doing right by users, and I'm going to do everything I can to do that, to take responsibility and do what I can. So right now we're spending the week doing everything we can to raise liquidity. I can't make any promises around that, but I'm going to try and give everything I have to make that work. Um, there are a number of players we are in talks with, letters of intent, term sheets, etc. We'll see how that ends up. Every penny of that and the existing collateral will go straight to users unless or until we've done right by them. After that, investors, old and new, and employees who have fought for what's right for their career and who weren't responsible for any of the fuck-ups. Um, because at the end of the day, I was CEO, CEO, which means I was responsible for making sure that things went well. I ultimately should be, have been on top of everything. I clearly failed in that. I'm sorry. Um Uh, So what does this mean going forward? I'm not sure. He loves to say I'm not sure. Um, First, Alameda research is winding down. Uh, They are probably liquidated. Uh, They aren't doing any of the weird things that I see on Twitter and nothing large anymore. Uh, one way or another, soon they won't be trading on FTX at all. Uh, second, in any scenario in which FTX continues operating, its first priority will be radical transparency. Transparency probably always should have been giving, giving exactly, uh, giving as close to on-chain transparency as I can so that people know exactly what is happening on it.
0: Kind of uh, like DeFi? Kind of like DeFi. The transparency of DeFi?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's a good conclusion. He goes on. But there
0: was one thing he said... Um, uh, a lot of sorrys, of course, with uh, this tweet number 20. At some point, I might have more to say about a particular sparring partner, so to speak. It's talking about CZ. But you know, glass houses. So for now, all I'll say is, well played, you won. Heavily implying that CZ was his downfall. And of course, there yeah. was that CZ uh, tweet on Sunday that precipitated t- um, part of this. But if he wasn't running a fractional reserve system where he's lending out depositors money, it wouldn't have been a problem, Right. So CZ kind of poked, poked some holes in the structure, and the whole rotting thing fell down. Right. And it's his fault yep. that yep. it was a rotting structure to begin yep. with, and that a few little pokes would- If a few tweets can
1: collapse your <laughs> empire- <laughs> you
0: not, you, gotta, you, <laughs> you might should, have a problem. You might have a problem. By the way, did you see this? Uh, this is a, um, a tweet from Kobe uh, that's kind of related to, uh, to SBF's thread. But there is some um, similarities in mm, mm-hmm. the Chef way Nomi Chef and Nomi and yeah. yeah, and Chef Nomi, of course, was a SushiSwap founder that just- the
1: OG Sushi Swap founder who did the OG Sushi Swap rug, which kind of gave this Sushi Swap curse in the first place. Uh, and w- after rugging the treasury out of Sushi Swap, Chef Nomi tweeted to everyone, "I fucked up, and I am sorry." Which is kind of the same language. Look at this. Which is what Kobe's poking at. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the biggest thing I fucked up and I should have done better. It's interesting. Huh. Interesting, anyway. There were some ties. Oh, well, that, that wasn't the only association between Sushi no, Swap and all. Sam Bankman Fried. That was, uh, there, there's been more. Uh, there's been uh, relations. I mean, at this point, and David, and... I would not be surprised. This would, not, would not surprise me in the least. We saw, we saw Do Kwan behind, uh, uh those algo stable coins yeah. as an anon he was, and uh, then start Rick, then Rick Sanchez. Start...
0: <laughs> he telegrammed to me and, and right. told me about, yeah. uh, b- base. Co- what was it? Um, uh, basis cash was right. his basis cash. original Ethereum right. algo stable coin. It would not surprise me mm. in the least. Uh, so I don't know. What do you make of that? Um, is it an apology? Is it just a, a nothing burger? Like what what is he doing here? What is he trying to accomplish? I don't know, man. I don't know. The big question I think is where he's going to find the eight to ten billion dollars <sighs> to fill that whole depositor's money because uh All
1: right, so right now FTX is worth one dollar. It is on the market to anyone who wants to buy it for one dollar. If you buy FTX for one dollar, you are taking on eight somewhere billion? between eight eight ish billion dollars of liabilities oh, you get you get the ftx empire which comes with <laughs> the low low price of eight billion dollars of liabilities absolutely
0: brutal and of course uh cz looked at this apparently and then completely uh walked Was away like, from hell it hell
1: no yeah it took him about 24 hours to reject that deal this is
0: also cost uh, SBF from a net worth perspective of course like at his peak uh, I don't know. He was in the 20s of billions something like this. I I've heard yeah, close right. to 30 billion um, But he lost an estimated 15 billion dollars, which at the time uh, Is nearly 94% of his total wealth. I bet that's even more now Like I mean
1: who knows right where he's gonna end He could up. be at zero. Yeah uh, Definitely cost him a lot. What is this tweet David? Uh, Yeah, so this is, okay, so at this point we are on the frontier of the story, so things are now developing, uh, but Tether has frozen FTX's USD address, Uh, so uh, Tether, uh, or uh, FTX, all the Tether that uh, FTX has, about $46 million of it, is now frozen. Uh, you could only imagine that regulators came knocking on Tether's door uh, and said, hey, go freeze FTX's uh, Tether supply. And Tether was like, sure, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> happy to do that. <laughs> yeah, happy to. And of course, yeah. um, I mean,
0: it, USDT is just kind of an IOU. It's not yep. like actually money. So, um, I mean, they can do this sort of thing whenever they okay. want to. Um, there's, hopefully, there's, there's assets backing this money and the money wasn't really lost. Um, Mm -hmm. Gary Gensler has entered the picture a little bit here. You could imagine he'd have some things to say. So he went on CNBC earlier this morning at our time of
1: recording. And uh, what did he say? Uh, He said that he, Gary, was hoodwinked by FTX after meeting with them in March. uh, And says he is now building the evidence, building the facts, which often takes time as to an answer as to what he is doing with FTX. Gary was hoodwinked. Um,
0: A a lot of us were, to be fair. Yes. Like yeah. Gary in particular.
1: Right. This is another well, follow it's, it's his job to not be. It's true. <laughs> uh, so Gary also tweeted out, I'll be joining Squawk CNBC at 8 a.m. Eastern. So that was this morning to discuss recent developments in the crypto markets. And Collins Belton, he's a lawyer actually interviewed about the tornado cash stuff. Uh, He replies to this tweet out of Gary and says, ideally, you'll spend some time to explain how, once again, the commission's enforcement priorities focused on entities trying to deploy technology to prevent these market failures and asymmetries while you are meeting with the perpetrators or overlooking their malfeasance. Uh, And so uh, this is just a a tweet of uh, a picture of uh, Gary's Tuesday, March 29th schedule, which was a meeting with like eight different uh, FTX representatives, executives. Uh, so it's interesting that Gary Gensler and FTX had met, and but this do still you happened. see
0: this move? Uh, Gensler is definitely distancing himself from SBF and FTX, and a lot of politicians who receive political donations and have been in conversation with SBF are are doing the same thing. You've got mm-hmm. to imagine. I mean, yeah. SBF is just like toxic at this point. It's crypto's biggest. It's not a Ponzi scheme, but it's like it's a scheme of that type, right? And so no one wants to be associated in D.C. with that. This is part of why this is going to cost crypto so much is we've taken a major black eye here and lost a whole lot of legitimacy from uh, the serious adults, I think. You know, the regulators, D.C., Wall Street, institutions, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing.
1: Ryan, this this is... Uh developing uh we have an email with tom Emmer's staff to to try and get him on the show to talk to more more about this but he retweets gary gensler's tweet about joining squawk cnbc and tom emmer representative tom emmer says interesting gary gensler runs to the media while reports to my office allege he was helping sbf and ftx work on legal loopholes to obtain a regulatory monopoly we are looking into this Uh, That is all we know at this time. Uh, It was the fear of the crypto industry that SBF's work in DC was to specifically produce regulatory arbitrage for FTX by closing the door behind them after making sure that whatever they were doing was legal. Even closing Uh, the door on all of DeFi. Right, on on DeFi, right. And so uh, Tom Emmer says that they had reports that Gary Gensler and SBF were working to create legal loopholes to create a regulatory monopoly. Uh, I, I hope we can get Tom Emmer on the show to talk about this soon. Um, that is interesting. More more developing, too. Of course, uh, Elizabeth Warren weighed in on this and said, the
0: collapse of one of the largest crypto platforms shows how much of the industry appears to be smoke and mirrors. We need more aggressive enforcement. and I'll keep pushing the SEC to enforce the law to protect consumers and financial stability so elizabeth at face value
1: i love that tweet i don't have any problem with that tweet the collapse of one of the largest crypto platforms show how much of the industry appears to be smoke and mirrors that's what ftx was it was smoke and mirrors yes Uh, and so i do not have a problem with that Uh, we need to be more aggressive enforcement and keep pushing the sec to enforce laws to protect like i would if this means that we are forcing the sec to do more great Fine. To I don't to do have a more problem with that's helpful. To do the more right that prevents
0: yes. uh, the actual problem. Like it's 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 definitely a problem if, if Gary Gensler is kind of setting up a monopoly for crypto bankers like SBF uh, and using regulatory power to do that. Um, Brian Armstrong's response to uh, Elizabeth Warren right under this tweet I thought was good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says FTX was an offshore exchange, not even regulated by the sec elizabeth the problem is that the sec failed to create regulatory clarity here in the u.s so many american investors and 95 percent of trading activity went offshore punishing u.s companies for making this uh for this makes no sense and that is actually the facts of the case yeah. it wasn't ftx.us which was more regulated
1: in the u.s which is fine if you with. have assets in ftx us you are fine so if you're
0: an american and you're yeah. using ftx us you're totally fine yeah all all deposits are are there withdrawals are enabled uh and that's like one
1: percent of all yes. of us it's, it's the minority of the business because It was pushed out. It was was pushed out, but also because, you know, they could actually take customer deposits and go gamble them if they were not inside of the United States. Right. So Brian's making the case, hey, you have to work to make it easier
0: for Mm -hmm. retail to have safe access to uh, these products. And uh, you're not doing that with the current regulatory regime. Um, David, there's also some talk of... Maybe some FTX uh, transactions appear to be processing. So uh, of course, no one can get their funds out of FTX. That's locked. That was a one-way ticket. They they no longer exist. They're not there. Uh, But we're looking on chain, and uh, some things do seem to be withdrawing. What's this?
1: Yeah, so this is uh, Steven out of uh, The Block who's done some great uh, research and snooping, on chain snooping, but just noticed that uh, funds were coming out of FTX and going into various accounts. Uh, no one knows how or why. Um, but that is what we are able to see on chain. This is Larry Cermak says, the withdrawals from FTX seem to be really weird. Some of them actually go to the Binance deposit addresses and some of them appear to be fresh wallets, which could could indicate a consolidation. Pretty large $100,000 processing as well. Uh, What all of this is, I don't think we know.
0: So I think one of the biggest pieces of this story is everyone, a lot of people trusted Sam and a lot of people were wrong about Sam. Uh, a lot of people were were duped uh i think myself and you included not fully trusting sam not not ever trusting fully a centralized exchange but to think that ftx could just Mm -hmm. evaporate that they were like gambling away their depositors money that that was unthinkable to me this is a, a tweet thread from some of the people that were sticking up for ftx and SBF in the beginning and there was a lot of this chatter as the rumors persisted that hey maybe something's going on at FTX and Alameda you should look into it this is somebody uh, an account austerity sucks I don't delete tweets so I'm not going to delete this even as people laugh and troll and mock me yes I was wrong the tweet stays up um, kudos for keeping the tweet up but on yeah. November 6th, this was the tweet that the uh, the the poster posted imagine thinking Alameda is the next three arrows capital a side effect of the increased counterparty. Due diligence process. He goes on. Anyway, it was this conversation. Like, they're not going to go three hours right. capital. Everything's fine. It's Alameda. They're fine. It's- they're so responsible. Yeah, I mean, look at Sam. He's like right. the, the pinnacle of responsible exchange mm-hmm. operator. He's kind of a a younger, um, faster moving Brian Armstrong. Um, this is actually from some of the employees. That, mm-hmm. that respond to this threat, and this is a, an employee named Zane Tackett. Many people internally and externally were fooled. I'll leave my tweets up as well and take all the heat I deserve for defending something I didn't have all the details on. Uh, somebody says, I can't believe this is real, Zane. You're not the only one, man, but in a state of complete shock, he goes on to say, I don't want to speak for others. Remember, this is an employee of okay. FTX. I don't want to speak for others, but just complete disbelief and feelings of betrayal. What bothers me the most, is that I went out and defended FTX and Sam in public, said the news was FUD, we're fine, when they knew that wasn't true and they didn't have the decency to warn me. Employees as well, feeling betrayed by this. Uh, what do we do about this, David? I mean, I, I guess I have kind of two questions for you. It's like, first, how long do you think this is gonna to take to recover? I mean, this is clearly a wound in the crypto industry and then uh i want to ask you where we go from here but time to recovery how long is it going to take this one to heal i mean we've had wounds in the past we've definitely had uh damage before this isn't the first time but how about this how long will it take for us to get out of this one
1: how long is it going to take to forget the name ftx
0: oh i don't think we're ever going to forget the name ftx for nor- I think it's- for normies to forget
1: the name FTX, i think we it's going to be a mount it, gox we-
0: but yes gonna- i guess mount gox is kind of faded except
1: for the yeah. The crypto historians who bring it up. Right. It's, I mean, yeah. It's, uh, we're, we're not, it, we're going to be living with this
0: for a while. I, th- I think, my take is um, years, David. Um, years. years. Yeah, I think it's years. And, and um, you know, I'll say it again. I, I don't think any single individual has ever done more damage to crypto than, than SBF. I mean, it's right. things like as far as total crypto market cap, mm-hmm. uh, we lost more Mt. Gox than we did right. in FTX, okay? But there's something different about this. And the difference right. is, Mt. Gox was not taken seriously by anybody. Right. Like crypto was in its infancy. It was in its, it was infancy.
1: In its infancy. And the, like, the token distribution of Bitcoin at the time was still so much more, con- uh, uh, more concentrated. Mt. Gox had like 6.5% of all Bitcoin. It was of, a joke of an
0: exchange, it too. It was
1: Magic the Gathering Exchange. Yes. That's the name. Yes. And uh, the Mark Carpelli's, was Mark Carpellis. He was kind of like this neckbeard guy. He wasn't going to Congress to testify for regulation, rubbing shoulders with Gary Gensler. A
0: hundred percent. So the thing, the thing that will take a long time to recover, and I'm not necessarily saying actually markets, David. Yeah, I, markets I don't necessarily, th- I don't necessarily think it'll take two to three years for markets to recover. I'm just talking about the the black state. Like I'm just talking mm-hmm. about the legitimacy recovery. Right. The Ontario Pension Fund. Was an investor in FTX, one of the first pension funds to do things in crypto, right? When's the next time a pension fund is going to do this? Right. When's when's the next time a senator is going to take a meeting with somebody in the crypto industry? Right. They're distancing themselves from it.
1: Right. How much we have? We have like just such a smaller foundation to stand on. Yeah. We have made like the the work for people like Brian Armstrong and Jake Shervinsky and people who we need to have trust, we have made their jobs 10 times harder as a result of this. Totally dude. I just,
0: I, I can't, I feel like we're coming in the night after a crazy house party. Right. And like the kids have been super irresponsible. I this is, this is Ryan, the dad, I guess coming out. The kids have been super <laughs> irresponsible. Like there's furniture broken, uh, computer stolen, like, Dude, there are kids who drove home drunk and crashed and died. That's what it is. You know, it's even yeah. worse than that. And, and yeah. the cops are, you know, showing right. up. And then yeah. we have to pick up the pieces right. in our community mm-hmm. for like, and why? And like, why? Why did this happen? I mean, FTX was a, a fantastic exchange. It was a
1: good product. Like it worked. You had it a product. It was good. You had a product market fit, but you had to be what you had to run hedge fund you had to run it as a fucking Ponzi scheme, dude.
0: So, where do we go from here? Is the next question like how How do we actually start recovering? I mean, here's the thing. Here's the story about 2022. Is it's just a story of this keeps happening. Yeah. And if it was just one thing, if it was just FTX, uh, you know, that would be one thing. But no, we had, we had uh, Three hours Capital. But I mean, before that, we had Do Kwon. Uh, totally wrecking celsius celsius and then i i saw you tweet this out by the way um okay answer me this uh three arrows capital liquidated alameda liquidated ftx insolvent then who made the money and who shows up richard freaking hart goes hi there i made all the money okay this dude is a scammer he he, he runs an ex- he, he, he's got a coin called pulse he's preying on people making tons of money And he's actively scamming. And I feel like our industry is still full of people like this. For every Vitalik, for every Brian Armstrong, for every uh, Hayden Adams or Stani from Ave, we have like 100 Richard Harts. And that just sucks. So what do we do about this? How do we move forward?
1: I got nothing, man. How you, how are you feeling about this David? It's like we have these like super awesome foundations and just like they just keep on enabling the worst. Do you
0: think that's like hard to th-
1: justify what the hell we're doing here, man?
0: Do you think this is a um, a layer 0 problem? Is it a problem with kind of the social layer? It's Uh, like,
1: if we'll make these super cool applications and then scammers just can leverage them better. It's like we're running out of ways to explain it to normies.
0: So when someone asks you about crypto after this week, do you have a different answer for them about why it's important? I don't even want to talk about it. I mean, I I think you're like reflecting how a lot of people feel right now. Uh, we've really just been brutalized by this. I guess I'll give my take on where we go from here. Um, and let me know if you have any other thoughts, David. I, n- I know this one hit you really hard. Not that not that you had any funds at risk, right?
1: Mm-mm.
0: It's just what? It's just like the impact, the social impact. Uh, it's just the... Yeah, what is it? How would, like why why is this hitting you so hard? Do
1: you think versus the other ones? It just gets worse the mo- the more that it happens. It's just a- I don't know, man.
0: One answer I think for us is um, going going back. Um, I think in our live stream last night, Kobe mentioned this too. Of like, you know, where do we go after this? And his answer was, I don't know, maybe somewhere like. 2016 2017 something like this um and i really feel like we need to take a step back and um re-evaluate kind of why we're here as an industry um you know that you know that phrase that from the earliest bankless podcast we we're talking about like protocols not people that's where we that's where we put our trust in i feel like crypto believed that at one point in time and a segment of crypto still does but we lost a whole bunch of that with the fast money and the demagogues and the Richard Hart's. Like, I feel like we lost our way. Um, and I don't mean everybody, there's still fantastic people building incredible things, but I mean enough that it made a difference enough that it enabled the FTXs of the world and the Alameda's and the three hours capitals and, uh, the Terras of the world and i think what we need to do is is go back and rediscover the principles and the reasons this industry exists it's all about it's code not kings that's what we're that's what we're trusting in it's protocols not people and this is about going bankless not trusting another banker maybe i'll i'll throw out some some hope for you david because uh, uh it feels like you're pretty down on this but like um defi weathered this quite well
1: <laughs>
0: um Ethereum weathered this quite well. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the problem that we saw was with a centralized exchange, is with another bank. And one of the reasons I think we started this, uh, this podcast and, uh, and this movement, which uh, Bankless Listener, I'm glad that you're, you're joining us on and you've been on with us, is um, to make sure that crypto didn't replace the old system with a new system of bankers. It's no good if we just swap out Jamie Dimon for SBF, right? I mean, what, what do we gain? What do we benefit from? And I felt like over the past two years or so, particularly in this, in this bull market, we were starting to veer towards that where the bankers were getting more and more control. We, we, we forgot about first principles. Of like why we're here, uh, and we put trust in the wrong people, and I'm hopeful, David, that this is actually like a another wake up call, another cleansing process for us, uh, another reason to go back to those roots, um, and ultimately, uh, I think we'll end up stronger on the other side. I, it doesn't feel like that in a week like this. But um, I'll just remind people, Ethereum kept going, DeFi kept going. We had the transparency. We have the crypto economic protocols. We just didn't use them. And the system <laughs> broke where they weren't in use. That's where I think. I remember, think we I
1: remember uh, that there's one part out of um, our interview with Polenia. And they, were, they said, um, I'm so bullish on a human trust that we don't actually need protocols in the future. Like, I think that's what's missing It's like, I want to be able to trust SBF. I want to be able to hand him my private keys and then get them back later with all the funds intact. I feel like I can do that to Brian Armstrong. But like at this point, like, well, I don't even know, man, like who the hell's left? This sounds like it's a deeper thing. It's like a faith in humanity kind
0: of or faith in the industry, faith in the people in the industry, faith in the,
1: the layer zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's the struggle here. Yes, well, it's cause, like, who are the biggest characters of the last year? Like, we have these cult of personalities. We have like Do Kwan and like Alex Mashinsky tried to make this about him. And like Suzu in Three Hours Capital. Danny Sesta. And Danny Sesta. And then SBF. Like everyone's got, everyone who's super loud grows this massive cult of personality around them. And they all F it up every single one of them. And like, that's why I just respect the hell out of Brian Armstrong so much. Just because like, he does, it's not about him. It's not about him. And he doesn't want it to be about him. It's one of those, it's where there's that line of just like the people that you want to be in power, don't want power. And the people that want power, you don't want them to be in power.
0: Yeah. I, um, I will say David, uh, a lot of the people that we've, that we've met in crypto though over the past three years, four years, they are here for the right reasons. Um so um you know the which point I would quit this industry is uh if uh Vitalik Buterin screwed us over. <laughs> At that point I'd be like A faith in humanity lost. Yeah. But there's enough Vitalics, there's enough Bryans, there's enough people on the bankless journey that are um doing this for the right reasons and who care about these core founding values. And I actually think we're just going to get back to rediscovering these things and hopefully build, build this thing back stronger. Um, Why does it take a pain to
1: learn? Like we're the most dumb monkeys of all time, dude. I don't know. Like we're supposed, we're supposed (laughs) to be able to learn without having to feel pain. Pain is like the last resort. Like we're supposed to be smart. I don't know, were you smart, the first cycle?
0: How smart were you?
1: Uh, I mean, I bought a bunch of ICOs. 2017,
0: how smart was David? Was he, well, why was now he now I'm
1: thinking a lot smarter than I, than I was originally letting on.
0: You think you were smarter than?
1: Well, than all the other dumb monkeys in this industry <laughs> that keep giving bankers their money, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think it's just, it's just every generation has to learn these things. Uh, And um, yeah, like I said, I mean, the systems that used our crypto economic protocols that use DeFi held up in all of this. Yeah. And the flaws in the system were where we had trusted intermediaries. And isn't that the freaking point of crypto to remove the trusted
1: intermediaries? Right. But we're we're not even doing that. Like no one's a few people are are using that stuff.
0: More. More More, though. I mean, every year it's a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think we'll get out of this guys. Um, we got more to cover some Ethereum roadmap stuff. We're going to talk about, uh, the seizure of four or uh, $3.4 billion from some dude's closet in Gainesville, Georgia, <laughs> which is crazy. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible.
1: In all of my years in crypto, I've never been hacked, scammed, or lost money to a thief. And a lot of that credit goes to my Ledger hardware wallet. The Ledger Nano X and the Ledger Nano S Plus hardware wallets allow users like you and me to secure and manage all of our crypto assets and our NFTs, all with the security of storing users' private keys offline and out of reach from hackers. The Ledger Nano X is the perfect hardware wallet for managing your crypto and NFTs on the go because it connects to your phone with Bluetooth and has a nice big screen for easy transaction readings. Ledger has also upgraded the iconic Ledger Nano S and made the new Ledger Nano S device more DeFi and NFT friendly, making it the perfect hardware wallet for beginners. Ledger has truly maximized for both ease of use and security. Discover which Ledger device is best suited for your journey by going and visiting shop.ledger.com. If you've been listening to Bankless, you know that we're fans of the modular blockchain thesis. The idea that blockchains will separate execution from data availability and consensus, allowing all three to become the best versions of themselves and fuel has built the fastest modular execution layer in the industry. By supporting parallel transaction execution, Fuel unlocks significantly faster throughput for the web 3 world. Fuel also goes beyond the limitations of the EVM with its own Fuel VM which is more efficient and optimized, opening up the design space for developers. And lastly, Fuel brings a powerful developer experience with its own domain-specific language, Sway, and a supportive tool chain called Fork. With Fuel, you can have the benefits of smart contract languages like Solidity while adopting the improvements made by the Rust tooling ecosystem, letting the Fuel development environment go beyond the limitations of the EVM. If you want to learn more, there's a link in the show notes to see how you can get involved with the Fuel network.
0: All right, guys, we're back. Dave is feeling better. Because we are looking at the Ethereum roadmap. The newest version, a new Vitalik Buterin roadmap, just dropped. This is (laughs) Ethereum. It's got all of the stages, David. We're looking at the merge, the surge, the scourge,
1: the verge, the purge, and the splurge. And if you were paying attention, you would have noticed there's a new urge. The scourge is new. Uh, So we'll walk through the scourge, which is to ensure reliable, incredibly neutral transaction, including inclusion and avoid centralization amongst MEV risk. So this is has to do with uh, all of the increased emphasis on uh, uh, censorship resistance of Ethereum. So he's carved out this new urge. Uh, and put some things that fit under this category things that already existed but now we have an urge to to explain it um and also uh, vitalik Buterin would like you to know that all of these things are happening in parallel uh this is not a, a serial order of operations starting from the merge and ending at the splurge all of these things are being built worked on in parallel from left to right uh and this is this is the updated state of the ethereum roadmap um all these urges. else
0: new here david I mean, this is everything that you know. Are there any other major features here? Anything unexpected?
1: Nope. Everything else is the same. Like he's just like moved forward the uh, the progress bars. I guess yeah, he's added some some new things here, but uh, <laughs> um, it's more or less it's more or less what we've, we we expect. Is yeah, if it, now.
0: If you, if you want, uh, I think the most recent thing that we've heard on, on um, from Vitalik on the roadmap, uh, check out our previous episode we did that what six weeks ago maybe Mm -hmm. a little longer with Vitalik where he goes through some of the roadmap and uh, I think it's reflected here too David we got OpenSea they are creating new tools to help artists collect royalties on chain what does this mean
1: yeah so uh, there's been this royalty problem in the NFT world where uh, you have royalties baked into tokens, but they're actually not enforced at the smart contract layer uh, level, which actually makes sense, right? Because if you own an NFT and you want to transfer it to another wallet address, another just like go from wallet A to wallet B, just want to send it to someone uh, yourself, you want to gift it, you don't have to pay the royalty because it's not a sale. So where do the royalties actually come in? Well, they come in at the exchange level, but the exchanges have to opt into royalties in order for what royalties... Royalties to be paid. That kind uh, so of sucks. It does kind of suck. It makes it makes royalties an opt-in thing, which kind of ruins the point of a royalty. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, OpenSea, uh, uh, Devin Finzer, and OpenSea said that we are making a better system. Uh, so they have made a new little widget to help enforce royalties for tokens that uh, have royalties. And so I think the way that this works uh, is that if you uh, want to add this little widget to your NFT. It makes that NFT only saleable on exchanges that opt into this little widget. Uh, So you can write that in code, though. You can write that in code. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's Hmm. a a step in the right direction to making sure that we uh, keep royalties into the tokens, which is one of the reasons why NFTs have made the inroads into the artist communities in the first place. Yeah, you can't just be like,
0: I I choose not to pay royalties. Right. That shouldn't be a decision available to you. Exactly. William Pister had a, a whole article on this about the future of NFT royal, royalties and Metaversal. If you're not subscribed to Metaversal, by the what way, that's a doing? Bankless sub-newsletter. If you're yeah. into the NFT space, uh, peester has got It's by got far it the you. most
1: useful NFT newsletter that exists.
0: That's Metaversal. Metaversal.BanklessHQ.com, of course. Uh, Super rare doing some NFT stuff, too. They're pulling a Kevin Rose here, it yeah. feels like, and creating like a curator pass for art.
1: Yeah, it's basically like a, uh, a a pass that gives you privileged access to the Super Rare ecosystem. Uh, so a monthly airdrop from a legendary artist, they claim uh, three times opportunities a month to win a one of one unique uh, NFT, uh, an exclusive PAX pass holder community access, and additional benefits to be announced. I think it's just going to be like the um, the membership passport towards Super Rare. Uh, I think this is a, a business model that many people are going to be experimenting with. Oh, big fan of passports, David. How about you? Oh, I, I love I love NFT
0: passports, my man. Also experiments. Um, also experiments. This is crazy. Communities. Did, did you catch this story, by the way? It like It was just before all the FTX news broke. But um, mm. the U.S. apparently sees $3.36 billion worth of Bitcoin. They did this a year ago, but they just announced it earlier this week. And this is from a guy who stole 50K of Bitcoin from the Silk Road. So, you know, St- Silk Road, OG... Yep kind of uh, a drug for crypto Simpler times. marketplace yeah. 10 years ago somebody stole 50k worth of bitcoin and this guy was just hanging out at his house in Gainesville Georgia and i guess the fed knocked yeah. on his door one love day that it's
1: Gainesville <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh you know it was like hey we know you have something and i'm not sure what the process went like from there apparently he Voluntary in mm-hmm. in quotes, it kind of gave up um, the the crypto to him. I'm sure there's some plea bargains involved. I'm sure there's a lot involved here, uh, but yeah, sit. Can you imagine sitting in Georgia with three billion dollars in your basement somewhere worth of Bitcoin?
1: Not uh, not in the basement. Do you know where he hid it, Ryan? No. Uh, uh so the quote the quote from the Gainesville time.com I'm reading it right yes. now. Uh <laughs> the the uh it was a small computer in okay. a underground floor safe that was submerged under blankets in a popcorn tin in the bathroom closet or something. <laughs> oh my <Yes>. god. <laughs> well,
0: sir, he was bankless though, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, didn't have to worry about FTX. Just right. had to worry about this problem of what Theft. you do on chain. Yeah,
1: if you if you own your own assets, you can still be in trouble for stealing them.
0: And just <laughs> a, well, just a reminder: on chain crime is is also forever. It is also yes. immutable. Yeah. So what yeah. happened was uh, the feds, the authorities, upgraded their on chain analytics tools and were somehow able to uh, to find this individual uh, and uh, go request those funds be returned. Uh, I'm not sure what happens to it from there, David. That'd be an interesting story. If, is the, it, did the authorities just auction this off? Uh, uh, the th-
1: they will. I think that's how they did it last time. Uh, and people really, really liked it. What was? What did they auction it from? I can't remember. I think it was the I think it was it, a Silk Road. It was Ross Ulbrich's uh, uh, Bitcoins from the Silk Draper Road. Adam Draper bought a bunch or and something. Adam Draper bought a bunch, and everyone wanted them because they assumed that if the government is selling them the Bitcoins, that they are government approved bitcoins uh, uh and so they went for a premium and adam draper pay- paid that premium i don't think well, that premium was has been justified but
0: yeah. uh well but he paid a lot less for them i don't know than the hundreds of dollars per bitcoin oh yeah I think. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely he paid a justified. premium at the
1: time uh, ah yeah.
0: i see i see uh yeah so pretty crazy and by the way that's the second largest uh financial seizure in history happened to be yes. with bitcoin happened yes. with crypto mm-hmm. um the other thing that's happening. Given what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. you might be excited about this, David. Yeah, I am. I the am. SEC issued a subpoena to influencers promoting Hex, Pulse Chain, and Pulse X. These are all Richard shady, Hart projects. Scam, yeah, uh, yeah Ponzi
1: type projects promoted by Richard Hart. And, uh, and a collection of influencers. We are not going after Richard Hart, sadly. Where does Richard Hart live? I'm and sure can we go get him?
0: there? I'm sure they're going after I'm sure it's some. I'm, They can't just go after the influencers. You're not Richard
1: Hart, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Where... I'm Googling this. Where does Richard Hart...
0: Can we just say... Can we just say this is what the SEC should be doing? Thank you. Yes. Like Thank thank you. you. Thank you, SEC. This Uh is what we want. This is what crypto has always asked for, is your help in identifying and rooting out and uh, bringing the scammers to justice. Don't stop legitimate entrepreneurs and real businesses, but... Give clarity to our industry, help Brian Armstrong with Coinbase so that 95% of trading activity doesn't happen outside of the U.S., uh, and then also help us collect some of the scammers. There's a lot of work to do in this space. As you just said, crypto still has a lot of uh, scammers, shady Mm -hmm. individuals to go chase after, so you can keep yourself busy there, and that's what's happening with some of these influencers.
1: I don't know. He's from America. I don't know where he lives. This article, there's nothing, yeah. I can't imagine. Well, it's not in the US. Not in Gainesville, Georgia, huh? Not in Gainesville, yeah. All right. This is a tweet out of uh, library, library library.com. It says, we lost. Sorry, everyone. What is this about? Uh, Well, library was going up against the SEC uh, about a securities offering. So the SEC uh, sued them uh, for issuing securities. Uh, they say that they violated securities laws by selling the native LBC tokens without registering as a U.S. Securities and Exchange, uh, with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, and, and that this happened back in March of 2021, so a little bit over a year and a half ago. The SEC alleged that the LBC tokens were securities, that the startup had violated securities laws by selling them without registering, blah, blah, blah. Um, the library pushed back, claiming the LBC tokens were not securities, of course, and that the SEC did not give it fair notice that the sale of LBC uh, were subject to securities laws thus violating the company's rights to do process, um, but they've lost this legal battle with a specific judge. Uh, And the problem with this, and this is coming out of Gabe Shapiro, is that the library judge reasons that even if the team is completely silent about efforts, no promises, no promotions, no contracts, but then they pre-mine the token to give themselves some tokens, that alone creates a sufficient expectation of profits from their efforts in a common enterprise to pass the Howey test, a very bad result. Basically, just the mere act of giving oneself tokens is enough to produce a common enterprise is the precedent that was just set. uh, And that's bad because that basically takes care of the whole industry. It means a lot of things are tokens according
0: to our securities, according to this judge. Now, it's one uh, judge. um, Just one judge. Yeah, this is not the Supreme Court. This is just one case. Uh, But yeah, there's going to be some more fights ahead. Involving this, for sure. Uh, Library says, the most F up part about this whole situation is that even after five years of fighting and a court ruling, we still honestly do not know how to legally launch a public blockchain in the U.S. Does anybody? That's the no. question. What do we do? Nope. I mean, this is an example of, okay, uh, go find kind of the, uh, the scammers and the Richard Hart's of the world. Um, but... Allow the legitimate entrepreneurs and businesses to legally, compliantly launch a token. Figure out how to do it. What are the bounds? We don't have any clarity still, even after five years, and uh, libraries just been been stifled out. Um, the Web3 Foundation, although <laughs> Polkadot, is claiming a different experience in working with the SEC. So. Uh, I don't know if you read this tweet thread. It was sort of a mysterious tweet uh, thread. It was weird, thread.
1: dude. It was weird. They tweeted I do not really understand it.
0: Web3 Foundation, this is Polkadot, um, the foundation that, that guides the Polkadot project, announces Polkadot's
1: native token DOT has morphed and is software, not a security! Exclamation They're point. announcing that their native token DOT has morphed and is software not a security? They're announcing that it's not a security. It's just like you can do that. Like I didn't. Know I am you not do a criminal. We, this is not a security. You could just do that. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And so I was like, okay, there must be something here. Um, I actually read the post, and uh, the post doesn't say very much more, David. Um, it basically says they they took Gary Gensler up on his invitation of come in and talk to us, okay. and after three years of going in and talking. To the SEC. Ta da! Now they're not a security. Wait, Gary Gensler's been around for three years? I don't know. Whoever is. Been, okay, they've been in talks with the Clayton, SEC. Jay whoever, Clayton, whoever was previous to Gary Gensler. And I don't know that that's how it works. Like, there's no kind of letter produced you just right. it's just so come in and so talk to somebody us somebody
1: went through the dark forest of talking with the sec and on the other side we get this announcement that they are not a security and we don't have any sort of details as no to that. corroboration the, with no the SEC no for a saying, for a to b there's just yeah. like complete black box between those two steps right and so there's still not getting there's
0: not even the confirmation from the sec that this is <laughs> yes. there's just a post that says <laughs> the very we're not a very important security. <laughs> from the project itself
1: <laughs> well actually you know maybe this is a little bit of 4d chess if they are announcing that they have worked with the sec and they are not a security yeah and they, and the sec is like that's what uh, this is no you're not we didn't say that well th- are they like f- uh, forcing Getting them into it. giving them cl- clarity i don't know it's like me first not it It's that kind of thing? (laughs) Not it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I literally think that's what's happening because there's nothing substantiating this from the SEC. No evidence produced. Just that they came in and talked and now suddenly they're not a security. They're just software. Cool. Fantastic. Wonderful. Uh,
1: UK bank Santander will block payments to crypto exchanges. Well... I will block payments to Santander. That's the headline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they care, David, but uh, yeah, we'll do
1: what we can. I' Not going to
0: make it. I don't know how not banks can do
1: this not over the long run. Uh, this is cool. On the releases side, what's Zerion cooking up? Zerion prepares to take on Metamask with an in-browser wallet. As somebody who has been suffering the Ledger Metamask Chrome uh just bermuda triangle you of still have problems broken. with that i don't know how dude new I computer i have i have my oh, laptop are you on windows I, I, well i'm on windows now but it was broken before I, I was on windows i know it was for a while and then it got fixed you have to update i've updated things. i've updated metamask i've updated chrome i got a i firmware? built a brand new computer i've updated the firmware on my ledger and like i still can't use Chrome. different in browser my did, I, I Fire use Firefox now, oh, okay. yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. One, of, one of those two will eventually work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Zerion, please fix. Um, uh, congratulations on the release. Do you know uh, Wallet Connect's trying to fix that too? Yep, Wallet Connect raised $12.5 million in an ecosystem round aimed at driving the next evolution of their growth. Congratulations on the raise from Wallet Connect. Is this a weird week to tell people to get a job in crypto?
0: I don't think so, I just because we do it every single week. All right, this is our weekly reminder to tell you to get a job in the crypto. David's not in the dancing mood, okay? No, and I just don't words. dance. You, no one wants to see that. So I'm just going to read a few things out at you. But David, you got to be excited about the script writer. That is the number yeah. one position. Bankless That's going to be hiring. a fun
1: job if you want to work with me. Yeah. Uh,
0: Swell Network is hiring smart contract engineer as well. This is a staking provider. A Swell Network, a senior front-end engineer. Swell Network, a senior back-end engineer. Uniswap Labs, developer relations, Uniswap Labs, a senior front-end engineer, some NFT engineers from Uniswap as well. Uniswap just keeps hiring. Uh, Dude, Uniswap Uniswap optimism,
1: s- Swell, and Optimism just are crushing it on
0: the jobs. Look, this is the hottest job board on the planet, I yeah. think, because these are all companies uh, I would love to to work for.
1: You know, all of those uh, people that got laid off from uh, Silicon Valley? You can go check out this. Yeah, they should go check out the jobs board. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, All
0: right, guys, we will be right back with some more takes from around crypto and uh, also talk about what we're bullish on, even in this crazy week that was overly bearish. We'll talk about some bullish things, but before I do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible.
1: The Brave Wallet is your secure, multi-chain on-ramp into Web3, and it's built directly into the Brave privacy browser. Gone are the days of managing multiple wallet extensions that put you at risk of phishing, spoofs, and tracking. With the Brave Wallet, you can securely manage your crypto assets across more than 100 different chains including Ethereum, Layer 2s, Solana, and more, all without downloading risky extensions. The Brave Wallet is easy to set up and removes the headache of jumping between wallets and extensions. It's lightweight, but packed with great features, like built-in token swaps, buying and holding NFTs with a gallery view, and support for hardware wallets. But also much more than that, because Brave is shipping new features every single month, with a mission to make Web3 easier to navigate for its over 55 million users. Wallet extensions are a thing of the past. So get started with Brave's Web3 Ready browser today and experience a decentralized web seamlessly without all the clutter. You can download the browser at brave.com slash bankless and click the wallet icon to get started.
0: uh, to the nation. So uh, I, th- I think I'm just going to ask a question that's probably on everyone's mind in Bankless right now, which is, is crypto dead? Is crypto dead? People are saying that the collapse of FTX is proving that uh, there's nothing really there in crypto, that it's dead, that it's dying, that it's not ready for, for mainstream, that it never will be. Uh, once again, crypto, is it dead, David? What do you think?
1: The whole point of crypto is that it cannot die. That is why we're here. You know, you know, Ryan, that I just love the com- the, the intersection of like nature and crypto systems, crypto yes. economic systems. And that's why I'm here. If there wasn't this property of anti-fragility in these crypto systems, that I wouldn't be here. The whole point is that this biomimicry of the crypto world means that it cannot die. It can take a punch, it can take a bullet, it can take 10 bullets, it can get its head chopped off and it will always come back if you just give it enough time. FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried is not crypto. Uh, The reason why Bitcoin, Ether, some of these, Uniswap, these things cannot die, that's the point. Uh, People may forget about them, but eventually they will return as they always do, because these are anti-fragile systems. And if you are anti-fragile, you will always come back. Uh, it is inevitable that crypto takes over. It's inevitable that uh, you know, Ether goes up in price so long as Ethereum gets built upon. Uh, and so crypto cannot die. That's why we are here. Dig in. Let's,
0: let's get some grit here. I mean, do you really think that uh, someone by the name of Sam Bankman-Free... <laughs> he literally
1: had bank in his name, and we gave him billions of dollars.
0: What do were we think, doing? Do you think we're going to let Sam Bankman-Free kill crypto?
1: He can't no. kill crypto. He does, Not no on one our has our the watch. power to kill crypto. That's Not the whole point. Not on our point. Watch. Uh,
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think the answer, as it has been in the beginning for this industry, is return to these values of DeFi ethereum and going bankless uh let's get to some takes this week david this one from uh hunter uh hunter horsley he says this the future of the crypto industry is two paths number one onshore regulated u.s platforms and firms or number two fully decentralized investors have lost trust for the in-between love remember it. the whole cdify thing cd yeah get yeah, the C-Defy. hell out of here remember this whole like blend of like yeah we could have a blockchain but it's like fintech it's like it's the space in the middle that mm-hmm. is just ripping to shreds and i think that's what right. ha- my take was like the uh the fintech bro or the um the finance bro era of crypto is over mm-hmm. i feel like that's what we got a lot of in the last get couple back of years to being
1: cypherpunks dead. yeah no cypherpunks no mo- or you go full bank one yes. or the other cypherpunk or bank yes it, and this fits into my model of if you can be regulated you ought to be regulated if you can't be regulated that means you're fully decentralized and you are regulated by code which is the whole, again, the point of why we're here. This is,
0: uh, some context for us. The worst events in crypto history, the Mt. Gox hack 20, uh, 2014, the Dow hack, 2016, the Terra Luna collapse, 2022, FTX sells to Binance, 2022, three arrows, capital collapse, 2022. Of course, FTX didn't sell to Binance, but the FTX collapse, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Three of the worst events in that list in crypto happened this year. If you right. survive this year, you've earned your stripes. Yeah,
1: yeah. This actually really makes me reconsider. Like last bear market was bad because we all ran out of money, but this bear market is bad because everyone we ran also, out of legitimacy. Yeah, we ran out of legitimacy. Yeah. I um, yeah. What, I what think, think? At the the end of this t- uh, tweet I really really like. If you survive this year, you've earned your stripes. Oh, definitely. I remember. Uh, I think it was when. I think it was like. 2020 ish early 2020 where somebody called me an og for the first time a crypto Mm, og
0: yeah
1: and i got into crypto in 2017 it's because you survived it i didn't i didn't feel like an og but somebody called me an og in 2020 and then more people started calling me ogs and more people started calling me an og i mean if you got in in crypto in like maybe early 2020 i think your time to start being considered an og is pretty damn soon here You've I earned it. Yeah, you've if, earned you're, it.
0: if you're through here on the other side, I, yeah. I think that this bear market is no less harsh than
1: the 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 2018 bear market. 2018 was harsh because we all ran out of money, but we didn't get rug pulled. We didn't get scammed. We didn't have these collapses. We were just poor. Uh, yeah, and now like many of us did stupid things with ICOs. Yes. Yeah. Uh this the, making it through the gamut of this bear market I think was maybe minimum twice as hard.
0: You're going to feel great on the other side. You're going to you're going to you, deserve the hell having out of it. Having through sure. it, uh yeah. you're going to feel great. Um this is a take from you David. I'm going to read yeah. it. The sad part is this week's events proved why we need defi but the defi brand has lost meaning. Luna, sesta, cronier, farming, old school defi. Is the bright shining star keeping me going. Uniswap, Dai, Rai, Ave, Gnosis. But we don't even have a name for it. David is sad. You have been sad this episode, David. Yeah, it's been That's sad. That's not boy. like you. You're super yeah. like so um
1: DeFi as a brand. Yeah, we've polluted. we've lost our brand, man. Been and diluted. This is actually this was in uh came out of a inspiration from conversation with Vitalik I was having in in, in Telegram. So actually this is basically Vitalik's take. Uh but he didn't tweet it, so I did. um (laughs) but yeah man like what do we even call like the good stuff because like even the DeFi brand like web3 no one takes that name that name seriously anymore DeFi is now associated with scams for the outside world like what do we call the good stuff what do we what do we call the protocols that are actually anti-fragile like we don't even have a name for that or even our name has been stolen from us
0: well we don't i mean but this has happened to other names in the past like blockchain you remember you remember blockchain used to mean something and then it was enterprise blockchain and then it got kind of diluted and stupid but yeah it, it pains me the most i think to uh to lose uh the term DeFi. Yeah. um remember when we originally wanted to call this whole thing open finance
1: op-fi, op-fi. uh
0: oh op fi never stuck uh i don't know about <laughs> that maybe maybe bankless finance maybe there's a future for that yeah, maybe
1: we just yeah we just call it bankless we'll just do that <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll do it see if anyone else does yeah. uh This is is another take. Thank God, Gary Gensler chose to protect us from checks, notes, Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Woo! (sighs) I feel so protected. Gary, uh, (laughs) what's the background on this? There, I mean, there was a settlement with Kim Kardashian for pumping a token.
1: For, for pumping a security and then they charged Kim Kardashian and then Gary Gensler went on the speaking tour to say, hey, we got Kim Kardashian got for her. promoting security. Got her. Got the bad guy. Meanwhile, I'm going to go meet with Sam Bankman-Fried for lunch. $8 billion in the hole billion later. Dollars, yeah. uh, very
0: sad. Although, to be fair to Gary, a lot of us missed that yeah. one. A lot of people but
1: it's okay. One. It's not our job. It's his job. That's
0: <laughs> his job. All right. All right. Fair enough. All right. Can you find something to be bullish on? Gotta ask you that question mm-hmm. as we do every week. What are you
1: bullish on? So Ryan, I, uh, I bottom ticked ether so far uh, is what I'm, I'm bullish on. So what, I, I don't- People I don't... Who don't know the trading
0: vernacular. What's bottom ticking mean, David?
1: Are you, is that you? Are you asking? I know (laughs) what, I know what bottom picking is. So I I set I set two limit orders, one at 1150 ether and one at 1075. I think the bottom of ETH was like, uh, 1038 dollars, 1038 dollars. Uh, and so my, my buys went through like while I was sleeping, I don't usually set limit orders. I usually just hit market buy. Um, but, uh, had some cash. Uh, Bought on Coinbase, which I don't usually do, Uh, but I usually use Gemini, but this time I use Coinbase uh, for reasons, Um, and uh, I just feel really good, because it's up since then, and so I just feel good about buying at least what is a local bottom, Uh, and let me tell you, if I had bought, like, two days ago, and then it dumped, I'd be feeling way worse. Uh, but I'm just bullish on, uh, taking the bottom. I've ticked the bottom pretty well so far. Bought, you, mu- you,
0: you must believe in the future of this whole, uh, ecosystem. You're still buying ETH at these prices. Yeah. Yeah. It's the
1: only thing I really believe in, man. It's ETH? like ETH. ETH is still the asset yes. you return to. Yes. 100%. Is this kind
0: of what the uh, big Bitcoin maximalists felt in the aftermath of 2018 2019 right. where they're yeah. just like St- stop venturing
1: out stop going to the frontier just stick with the thing you know let's is rebuild, going to rebuild work rebuild our base Just go back to the core let's go back to the base eth is ultrasound money uh i bottom ticked it i thought <laughs> for about that
0: i'll just remind people bottom so
1: far so far. Well so I bought far. I, I bought eight ninety seven during the Alameda crash or it's not the Alameda. I bought eight ninety seven during the three R S Capital crash and then I bought ten seventy five to at the Alameda uh, FTX crash. I actually think that like everyone's worried about contagion in the future yeah like i'm not one to call bottoms except so far uh the last you time you are calling
0: we, bottoms with your when, with when, your when buys, the sir. three arrows capital the <laughs> worst the, when
1: everyone was uh, was freaking out about three arrows capital about oh there's gonna be so much more contagion in the future that was actually the moment to buy yeah. and that's what people are saying right now there's gonna be so much more contagion we'll have to see the contagion uh, uh see how bad the contagion is for alameda and ftx that's when i bought Uh, and I, I'm feeling good about it. That's what I'm bullish on.
0: I'm still waiting for my triple digits to be honest, but, uh, may not get there. You may not get there. All right. So if
1: that's not what you're bullish on, then what are you bullish on?
0: Uh, David, I'm bankless. uh, I'm bullish on the bankless thesis. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, I think it's just really struck me that, um, crypto has learned through 2022 that it can't leave its destiny in the hands of, of the banks of a bunch of centralized bankers. And I think we veered into that. It's just like, there's something very easy about uh, solutions like FTX. Uh, someone takes custody of your keys and the user experience is better. Uh, there's no gas fees and it, you know there's someone with a suit responsible for it, willing to go in front of Congress. There's, st- there's something very settling about mm-hmm. this, right? Uh, and, and we did settle for it. We settled for centralized exchanges. And that's been the problem um, but I feel like the bankless thesis has uh, has held held really strong. Like we have to rebuild the future of crypto, not on uh, centralized exchanges. I mean, like we could never build them on centralized exchanges. We have to rebuild the future on DeFi. Um, so I, I, I kind of feel pretty good about the bankless thesis coming out of this. It's just like crypto banks are not going to solve our problems. They're going to cause more problems. It's interesting. You know, a lot of our conversation in the past few months before this debacle, it's been about censorship resistance. Right. Um, and that is one of the benefits of decentralization, right? Censorship resistance and freedom. And that's super important. But here, this was not a failure of like Sam was not censoring anyone's transactions. Right. He was stealing the money. Okay. Like he, he was taking depositors funds and doing other things with them. Hmm. It was a trusted intermediary problem. It was a banker problem. We got screwed by the bankers again, David, okay? This is like 2008. This is like every sort of banker crisis that we've seen where we've been screwed by the bankers. This is why this is not a problem with DeFi. It's not a problem with Ethereum. Like DeFi didn't do this. Right. DeFi solves this problem. And yet here we are in this place. And this is why I understand your kind of your sadness and frustration part of this episode is just like, didn't we already know this? Aren't we better than this? Aren't we supposed to be the ones who mm-hmm. aren't trusting the Sam Bankman-Frieds of the world? Uh, so anyway, I, I do feel like the bankless thesis has has kind of held up, even while crypto is is suffering, and we're probably going to rebuild this this entire space um, on top of that thesis. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is why I am ultimately optimistic and bullish that we come out that we come out stronger. And um, I'm hopeful, listener, that if uh, You lost some money this week. Uh, If you're affected by FTX, um, I'm sorry, you know, that's really tough. Um, We said in other times this has happened in the past, take some time with family, go for a jog, clear your head, take a break, step away for a bit. Uh, We hope you come back uh, because I think that um, people in crypto need veterans with the type of experience that you've just received. If you didn't have any funds in FTX, you saw what happened. Uh, to those around you, and um, crypto needs people with that experience. This is how we make a stronger layer zero for next time. Because who's going to warn the class of twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six when they go do something stupid? This is the only reason David and I know enough to kind of talk about this going bankless and about. It's just because we we've, we've seen it before, mm-hmm. and so one generation it's their responsibility to teach the next generation. So you're developing your battle scars, your veteran uh, skills. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we need you here, and uh, we need you to push the bankless thesis forward.
1: Yeah. That's the cool thing about crypto is that it takes about three years to become a veteran. Uh, there's not many industries where, like, usually you need to be uh, 30 years in yeah. experience in something to be a veteran. Um, but, like, this is how human wisdom is passed down from village elders to the young folk. Uh, and we actually have the privilege in crypto where it only takes three years to become, like, a village elder who can be wise. Because every year is like, 10. I feel like <laughs> this
0: week was, like, 10 years for me, dude. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, man. <sighs> I, I've rarely been tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: all right, let's end it with the Meme of the Week. What are we looking meme at, th- David? Meme of the Week, we are looking at FTX <laughs> Arena in Miami, but it's actually... A spirit Halloween store. Oh my God. Uh, because dude. that's where, that's where uh, rundown buildings go to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you
0: got to laugh or you'd cry. Uh, guys, we hope you've enjoyed uh, Bankless this week. Uh, it's been a crazy week and we have a moment of Zen for you. So stick around for that. But of course, as always, risk and disclaimers crypto is risky. You could lose what you put in, but we're headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot.
1: Last thing that I'll say is if you look at what precipitated some of the 2008 financial crisis, you saw a number of bilateral bespoke non-reported uh, transactions happening between financial counterparties, which then got repackaged and releveraged again and again and again, such that no one knew how much risk was in that system until it all fell apart. If you compare that to what happens on FTX or other major cryptocurrency venues today, there is complete transparency about the full open interest. There is complete transparency about the positions that are held. There is a robust, robust consistent risk framework applied and we're excited to work with the CFTC on our uh, U.S. License and regulated venue. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks and exclusive content, and even the bankless token for airdrops, raffles and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a bankless premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, ask me anything, and weekly roll ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.